welcome to Lincoln. We're a city smack dab in the middle of the country. We're a city that's home to Nebraska's state government, the University of Nebraska, and a host of thriving businesses. We're a city that's loaded with things to do, places to go, and friendly people to meet. This podcast, simply called Lincoln, is designed to help you get to know the people of Lincoln, what makes them tick, and why they're excited to live here. Each episode will feature another of our residents just talking about who they are, what they do, and how they got here. I'm Randy Bretz, and joining me for these conversations is Marilyn Moore. Years ago, Marilyn moved here to go to college and anticipated an exciting life somewhere out there. But she never left Lincoln. She's been in the classroom and served in leaderships in our public schools and one of the colleges here. I moved here with my family for a job at the university and to further my education. We thought we'd be here for two or three years, and that was 40 years ago. The people of Lincoln make this community special. We want you to get to know them. We hope you'll enjoy listening to these conversations as much as we have putting them together. And now, let's meet someone who makes Lincoln their home. Well, our guest today is a gentleman that's been in Lincoln for quite a number of years, is John Chapo. And John is president and CEO of the Lincoln Children's Zoo. Hi, John. Hello. And uh, welcome. I'd like for you to begin the uh, time together today telling us your Lincoln story. How did you get here, and (laughs) what do you think about this city? Oh, my Lincoln story. Okay, it goes back 32 years when I was fortunate enough to get an interview to interview for the what was then the Folsom Children's Zoo here in Lincoln for the director's mm-hmm. position. They flew me out, and I discovered this fascinating city. With all, I, as a matter of fact, it was in April, and I, so I came out in springtime in Nebraska and, and went, this is an interesting little zoo, and it's an interesting community, and some very nice people. And I said, I really want to work at that zoo. Fortunately, you know, but I'll be honest with you, I never heard of Lincoln, Nebraska. I'm from South Bend, Indiana. Uh-huh. Okay. Much further east. People here consider me from the east. Okay. <laughs> and I said, you know, I'm just going to Lincoln for two or three years and get the heck out of Lincoln because who wants to live in Lincoln, Nebraska? Well, the real story is, you know, I did fall in love with Lincoln. Then I fell in love. Okay. And less than two years after moving to Lincoln, I married a coworker, my little, oh. my Tracy Lynn. And the long story is, but I'll make it quick, when I met Tracy at the zoo 32 years ago, she walked up to me and says, hello, I'm Tracy, and you turned me down for a job three years ago. (laughs) And I said, no, I do remember three years ago she had applied to the zoo back in Indiana where I was the assistant director. Her resume came across my desk. I wanted to hire her. Went to the zoo director. He says, no, call her, tell her we don't have any money. So I called up Miss Benton and said, Miss Benton, love to hire you. You got great qualifications. Good luck. Well, she landed the job as a senior keeper at the Lincoln Children's Zoo three years before I landed the zoo director's job. <laughs> and then we've been married 30 wonderful years and have three great Lincoln boys that we're very proud of, who are men, I should say. And so we're very, very proud. That's my Lincoln story because I love Lincoln. I didn't realize that there there's some similarities. I'm from Indiana originally. Okay. But I was married when I came here. Okay. And I have three sons. There we go. And they're all adults now and have... Uh, Made me a grandfather many times. Over. Not there yet, but you know, <laughs> uh, going from Hoosier to Husker, 
You know, I've come from, you know, in South Bend, Indiana, they play football. There's another team there that kind of, they got those golden elements, oh, yeah. you know, okay, and that big golden dome. And so I, I came to Lincoln knowing what football weekends were and what tailgating was and all that. So it was like, it was like coming home and, you know, in similar sized communities, but boy, Lincoln, sorry, it's head and shoulders over South Bend. South Bend, sorry, you're my hometown, but Lincoln, Lincoln's truly home. So uh, what happened to that plan of staying here two or three years and then <laughs> get out of town? Well, you know, and Tracy and I even talked about that after, you know, we got married. And she says, you know, I'm a school teacher, going to be a school teacher. I can go anywhere. You're a zoo guy. We can go anywhere. But it was Lincoln. It was the people. It was the community. And we knew we wanted to have family. And we knew we wanted them to get a good education. And we knew that the Lincoln public school system had an exceptional, you know, reputation and as the boys started coming along and we went from zero to three boys in 28 months oh <laughs> <laughs> i was a no daddy so we had to get on with it but it, it's lincoln maryland it is pure and simple lincoln the people the ethic the attitude the atmosphere of lincoln the kindness of the people tracy and i said why do we want to leave lincoln you know, our family was our priority over our careers, okay? Mm -hmm. And this is a great place to raise it. It sounds corny, but gosh, it's true. Lincoln's a great place to raise a family. So the, the city's changed a lot in 30, <laughs> 32 years, and the zoo has changed a lot in it 32 has. years also. Would you just talk a little bit about both of those? Well, like you said, Maryland, you know, the city was a little bit smaller. As a matter of fact, you know, big parts of it were still cornfield, you know, he drove down 27th Street to Old Cheney, and all of a sudden it was gravel road and corn, you know, cornfields down there. And it, it, it ha but what I discovered about Lincoln, and it's still true about Lincoln, is it's got that, that small town warmth, but it's really been growing those big city resources and assets, you know, the entertainment, the culture. You know, some, I mean, everything from if you want, if you enjoy live music or live dance or performing arts, you know, it, it's just, it's very rich. And the nonprofit field here in Lincoln, the work of the nonprofits is very rich as well, very giving, very helpful, you know, be it, be it an addiction, be it animals, you know, be it homelessness. Lincoln's very committed to doing the right thing for people. And, and, and that's where it's grown. It's, it's grown and become even stronger that way. Much like the Ch Children's Zoo, which opened up in 1965 as a seasonal zoo. Back then it was seasonal, Memorial Day to Labor Day, and after that it was empty. Well, then laws changed and we needed to start taking care of animals better. And we became a great education facility. You know, we've teamed up with Lincoln Public Schools for 20 years now, providing the science focus program and have educated and launched PhD, physicists, organic gardeners, veterinarians, MDs, all kinds of great people have graduated from that. And so Lincoln just keeps moving forward, Marilyn. And that's why that that's another reason why Tracy and I will retire in Lincoln mm -hmm. because it has so much, because of the growth, because of the changes. We're not standing still, but but we're we're growing the right way, shall we say. And it's, and it's really important because, you know, you can have, you know, there's been some economic booms in some cities because of resources or something, and the, the economy goes up, and then somebody pulls out, and then it dives. You know, Lincoln's good. It's stable. And again, it's the people of Lincoln. 
Wow, I just, I, you should work for the Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> <laughs> I sit on the board as a matter of fact. Oh, you do? Okay. And I, and I am a Nebraska tourism director uh, on, the, on the commission. The governor played <laughs> in me, so I love Nebraska. Tell us a little bit about the zoo. Oh, boy, the Lincoln Children's Zoo, it's, it's a gem in our community. I'm very proud to be a part of that. And, and what I discovered quickly, though, when I came from South Bend, was there was a whole different perception about our zoo than the zoo in South Bend that I, that I was the director of there as well. And, it, again, it's that C word. It's community because the Children's Zoo was founded by the community. Mr. Folsom was the zoo founder, and he's the one who inspired our community and my understanding is if you saw Arnett Folsom walking down the street, you ran to the other side because he was going <laughs> to twist your arm for a contribution to build that zoo. And he didn't care if you were the CEO or, you know, a seven-year-old on your bicycle. He'd tell the kids, go find some pop bottles, redeem those, and bring me the nickels. You remember the old days when oh, yeah. you could, could oh, do yeah. that, okay? And so he founded a great zoo that was completely built by those private resources and it continues to be completely private today, receiving no tax dollars of support. And the only reason the Children's Zoo has grown and keeps serving the community is because of the community. So that's why we're there. And we're doing great things for our community. We've got great education programs. We've got a great diversity of animals. And we're all about those up-close discoveries. Those, you know, and that's what Mr. Folsom wanted. He wanted kids to come to the zoo, be able to pet an animal, feed an animal, get up close, learn nature. As our mission says, we are there to enrich lives through first-hand interaction with living things. We've been doing that, and we're going to keep doing that for another 50 years. My best, most recent story with that is my my great niece, Charlie, who's almost two, and she was at the zoo earlier this week. Um, she has since last year learned names for animals, so oh, she knows she could call them by names. She doesn't always get the right name with the right animal. For it's example, okay. when she approaches the camel, she says, hi, dinosaurs, and um, <laughs> well, I think that's not a bad name for no, a camel. I don't know. But what I am just awestruck by is how absolutely comfortable she is in that setting. Yeah. And she she runs and she explores and she feels like it's a place that she can be. And I think that happens hundreds of thousands of times every summer, John. It's amazing. It, it is amazing, Marilyn. You're exactly right. It's her zoo. It is. And that's why that children's zoo is so special because she leads the way, doesn't mm -hmm. she? She does. You know, yeah. let's go look at the dinosaurs, okay, or let's go touch the lizards, and you know, in the hive or go meet another animal. And, and that's her discovery, her growing, her her leading of you. And, and that's why I think the Children's Zoo is so powerful for children and for families. We're a great place for families to spend time together. We're a great way, way for kids to grow without parents even knowing it. But you're right. It's her zoo. Talk about the zoo crew because that's another <laughs> – at another stage of development, that becomes – the the zoo for another group of kids. Well, and that's just a, you know you're you're a former middle school teacher, aren't <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah. So, so you know all about those middle school. <laughs> I do. You. I love them. <laughs> and, well, and that's just it. You know, a lot of people don't care for teenagers. Okay. Like, mm -hmm. you know, well, you know, it's it's it can be a challenging age for them too. And but we've got about every year 400 middle school and high school youth volunteers at the zoo who help the zoo in so many ways. They quite often are the, one of the first people that you'll engage, that you know your great niece will engage, that maybe the critter outpost with, with Madame Maxine, the great big giant <laughs> Flemish rabbit, okay, or maybe on the pony rides, yeah. or you know meeting one of the lizards in the hive or feeding the camels. They are great teenagers. They start out when they're in around sixth or seventh grade, and then go all the way up through high school volunteering at the zoo. You know, and so there's five different levels, and 
mean, it's a great, great opportunity. Kids from all around Lincoln, then, they, they meet other kids. So it's just not their middle school anymore. So it, it's great at growing diversity and relationships. They learn responsibility. They learn leadership skills. They learn that if I don't take care of that animal, that animal, you know, will run out of water or food or needs to be clean. And it's my responsibility. Quite often, parents come up to me and say, how did you get my child to be responsible, you know? <laughs> they, won't, they won't feed the dog at They home. don't feed the dog at home, but boy, they, you know, they are, you know, the kids are on the spot at, at the time they're supposed to, you know, show up. And, and so many of the kids, we write their first references for their first, you know, employment job when they start earning pizza money. And even, even some of the kids even grow up to become zoo professionals. As a matter of fact, I was just talking to uh, Nathan at the zoo. Nathan started out as a zoo career. Nathan is now a UNL grad. Okay, with a great degree. Mm -hmm. He did his years of volunteering. He did a summertime. And Nathan will uh, is becoming a full-time zookeeper for us at the Lincoln Children's Zoo. He's probably been with us about 10 years, and he's just grown up at the zoo. And we have Stephanie, who's a zoo school graduate and a zoo crew graduate, and she's been a zookeeper for, boy, at least 15 years as well. So we got great people that grow up in the children's zoo. So that's why, and you know what? I volunteered at my hometown zoo, you know, <clears throat> 46 years ago, <laughs> and there was no volunteer opportunities. I just forced uh -huh. my way in. The zoo director had no idea what to do with me. And so that's why that youth program is so important to me. Give kids that opportunity to grow, to learn, you know, to have fun doing something totally different. Now, we're recording this in 2018. I know you're in the midst of a fundraising campaign, mm -hmm. and somebody might listen to this two, three, four, five, ten years down the road. Sure. So tell us about your, your campaign a little bit, but what's what's the end goal? Okay. What's well, with the Lincoln Children's Zoo, like I said, has you know, we're to enrich lives through first hand interaction with living things. We want kids to get engaged with creators because the best way to really care about the environment and animals is when you become passionate about them and you understand them and you learn about them. And it's you know part of it's part of your vocabulary. So that's why we want kids to come and learn. And that's what we've been doing all these years. Well, but you know what, as we said, Lincoln's getting bigger. Lincoln has some more expectations. We surveyed hundreds and thousands of people, and they said, you know what, Lincoln Children's Zoo, we don't want you to be seasonal anymore. We want mm -hmm. you to go be a year-round zoo. Lincoln Children's Zoo, we want you to continue the great education programs. Lincoln Children's Zoo, we want more animals. We want more rich experiences. <clears throat> Excuse me. We want you to keep your commitment to endangered species. So the zoo expansion is all about all of that year-round, more education programs, more animals, more conservation, okay, more opportunities to learn firsthand. So you'll be able to come to the children's zoo and meet the, the world's tallest animal face-to-face -face and feed them. You'll be meeting giraffes and the giraffe deck. And we'll be one of two zoos in the country that you can actually go inside during the wintertime. Even in cold Nebraska, you can come and meet our giraffes in their big new 9,000-square-foot house, okay? And then you can go over there and meet the Sumatran tigers, the rarest tiger in the world. Maybe 400 even survive, uh, survive in the wild right now. And you can climb into a Jeep with them. They'll be through glass, okay? So you won't mm -hmm. really be in the same Jeep <laughs> with them. But, but you'll discover and you'll learn. Maybe you'll do a tiger tug-of-war with them. Then you go in the old zoo building, the one that was built in 1936, the really great 
uh, it's the best uh, example of WPA architecture in the state of Nebraska. Is that old, the old Smelly Zoo, as you remember <laughs> yeah. all too well, right there at 27th and B Street? We're going to make it the best of what it's been all these years. Animals and great activities for kids. So you can climb 20 feet up in the air with the spider monkeys, who is a critically endangered species, but kids are going to have fun, and they're going to discover all about spider monkeys. They're going to learn to be a spider monkey. And then there's going to be another place called the Critter Corner where they can meet other animals, and it's going to be great for kids of all ages. So what we're talking, and we're also going to put up, finally, after 20 years, we've been in this great partnership with Lincoln Public Schools for the Science Focus Program. Mm -hmm. Th those students have been in portables all these years. Now they're finally going to get real science classrooms and real rooms, and we're really excited about that. And so we're just growing our commitment to conservation, education, year-round for, you know, for the folks here in Lincoln. We're going to be a little bit bigger, still one of the smallest zoos in the country. And when you still come in the children's zoo, everything's going to be very close. So no matter what your age or ability you can get really close to an animal very quickly and have great discovery. The zoo really is in the, kind of the center of town. It's in a triangle of uh, between a, a stream and a couple of major streets. And so it Heart of Lincoln. Kind of hang in. Yes, it is. I want to ask the two of you, you mentioned the zoo school. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, I thought it was where you, where you went to go to high school to learn about taking care of animals. <laughs> but... I have the two people that were very key to that in the room. Marilyn used to mm -hmm. be with the Lincoln Public Schools when that was started. So tell us a little bit about that. Marilyn was the visionary. Marilyn was, it was, it was her concept. So I've got to defer it to Marilyn because, you know, we started talking about it only after Marilyn, she she had, you know, that, that germ. She had that idea because she's such a great educator. Well, I first of all, it, John should take a whole lot more credit because he's the one who said we could make this happen at the zoo and it was a it was a fabulous landing point for the first focus program but the idea was to establish learning programs in the community where students would be in a, in a smaller community learning space and to um, to do high school differently mm -hmm. so we wanted the opportunity for students that wanted to and teachers that felt called to to um, to blend the lines between the disciplines, among the disciplines, and to pull science and social studies and math and English together in a community setting and see how all of those important learnings come together to create a profession and to, um, and, and to further a cause. So um, we met with a group of community people and said, gosh, how, how could we do this? Could we do this? And, um, and at the same time, we sought funding from um, the Cooper Foundation, and they were generous in giving us funding to, to plan for a year to make it happen. And John said, I think the place for this is the Children's Zoo, and we'll make science the focus, but all of those other disciplines will be part of it. So uh, with a year's planning, it opened in the fall of 1997, and we had, I think that first year, about 100 students, mm -hmm. um, high school, for the most part, high school juniors and seniors who were at the zoo for the equivalent of five periods a day. And they took two, two science classes, social studies, English, and math. And all of those teachers planned together to, um, to deliver instruction and to create learning opportunities that really were in the zoo. So while students didn't learn to be zoo keepers, right. <laughs> they did interact with the animals and mm. interacted with the, with, with the, the, the plant life um, in, a, 
in an yeah. up close and personal way. And and every morning when you walked to class, you walked by the otters, <laughs> you walked by the flamingos, <laughs> you walked by the by the bald eagle, and you smell the and, tigers and, and the peacocks, and the peacocks, and all of that. And it it was uh, it was successful beyond all of our dreams. I think we had so, an exceptionally skilled group of teachers, yeah. um, a group of students who said, "Yes, I want to do school differently." And I, I still think it's just one of the best examples of a learning community that I've ever witnessed. So, John, uh, I, I have to ask this. In, in 1965 or 6, whatever it was, when, oh, you weren't here then. No, I got here in 86. In 80, 85 or 86. Yep. When Dr. Moore from the school corporation called you and said, I want to put a school <laughs> in the zoo. Uh, did you roll your eyes or? Nope. No. For a couple of reasons. Dr. Moore walks on water. Okay. <laughs> she's a brilliant and gracious individual. And she's passionate about education and doing what's right for kids. And Lincoln Public School's mission is to educate and inspire kids about learning and growing. That's what the Lincoln Children's Zoo has the exact same mission. Yes. It was a perfect match of mission, which exactly. made it the perfect site. Exactly. And, I, you know, I was fortunate enough to, you know, work with Marilyn and the team to get it all launched, and we still host it. But I'm also one of the few guys in town who have launched it and nurture it. I'm a dad of two zoo oh, school yeah. graduates, okay? And everything Marilyn said is true. I mean, that small community of learners, that rich environment, those two young men, uh, graduated, got region scholarships here at the university, are extremely successful young men. The sad note is they've left Lincoln, okay? They're, you know, Maybe maybe when they hear this, they'll say, oh, God, I, I want to go back. <laughs> they want to come back to Lincoln. Oh, they, okay. they really do. They didn't They didn't run away from Lincoln. Mm -hmm. they, they, they followed their careers for some opportunities that were not in Lincoln. Those opportunities are growing in Lincoln. And they want to come to, they, you know, they say Lincoln is becoming what they want. They're my millennials, okay? Mm -hmm. You know, it's becoming a great place to raise a family. Uh, it's a great place for that entertainment and the arts and culture and all those interesting things. So that's just it. Lincoln's on a grow. And I, I, I am convinced that many Lincoln alums shall be coming home. Well, I hope so after they listen to this and, and some of the other interviews. Is there anything that we haven't asked it. You're just dying to tell us. No, as a matter of fact, Randy, I really appreciate this opportunity because, you know, like I said, who's going to live in Lincoln, Nebraska? Well, 32 years later, <laughs> it is indeed home. It's a phenomenal community. I've I've got the best gig in town. You know, I'm the zoo director for Pete's sakes. You know, kids love coming to the zoo. But, you know, it, it's, it is, I love getting up every day because I walk through that zoo and I see kids get connected with critters and having fun growing and learning and families being together and those families growing together. You know, you know, I do feel like Dr. Doolittle walking through the zoo. It's, it's really, really powerful. So I'm a very blessed man, a very lucky man. And, you know, uh, and again, it's because of the great community of which Lincoln is. So no, we've covered it really, really well. I'm proud to be a Lincolnite. John, I have one more question. Uh, you mentioned conservation a couple of times when you talked about mm -hmm. the zoo. Would you talk a little bit about the zoo's efforts in in some worldwide efforts at conserving endangered oh, sure. species? 
Sure, we've done uh, research with elephants and, and elephant health. Even though we have no elephants, we are helping to breed the Salt Creek tiger beetle, which is Lancaster County's own, and it's one of the most endangered species of insects in the United States. We're helping to preserve that and reproduce that one right there at the Lincoln Children's Zoo. And uh, we have a new veterinarian on staff now, Dr. Trent Schrader, and we're doing some interesting research development right now. You know, populations of wild animals used to have very large ranges. Now they've been separated mm -hmm. into smaller territories, and quite often there's a million people or two million people living between them. So now we have, where there used to be one lion, one giant gene pool, now there's three or four or five small gene pools. And small gene pools, when they're shallow, is not good. So our idea is to transport gametes, eggs, sperm, from one pool to another. So if you have a male in pool one, get to a female in pool three, which they can't do. So we're actually developing now technologies that we can collect semen and actually freeze it in the field, transport it, maybe 100, maybe two, three, 400 miles, and then inseminate. And so we're actually developing those technologies right here in Lincoln, Nebraska. It's really, really exciting. If we are successful, it will be a game changer in helping to save wildlife around the world. I just think that's a phenomenal story and one that most of us, as we visit the zoo, um, we love and appreciate everything we see. We just don't know all the things going on in the labs behind exactly. it. And to There's, be part of that worldwide effort is huge. It's a lot of fun. You know, we launched, we launched uh, Joe Sartori's and the National Geographic mm -hmm. Photo Arc right here in Lincoln, yes. Nebraska, you know, 15, 16 years ago. He, you know, he wanted to do something because Kathy was ill going through treatment and he says, Jpo, I want I've got this idea. And we sat down and now the photo arc is an international success, helping to save species. He's got almost thirteen thousand documented. He's going around the world. And so it's 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 powerful to me that the little Lincoln children's zoo, you know what? Sometimes we get a little snowball rolling. And, and that's what it's all about, be it, be it a zoo school student, be it that three-year-old coming and discovering an animal, be it something scientific. We get those snowballs rolling, and who knows where they're going to grow to. My, my grandkids, uh, most of them are all grown and, and no longer children wanting to go to the children's zoo. <laughs> so I think I'm going to have to go out and recruit some some and, and adopt some grandkids. But I'll have some great grandkids coming. All right. We've actually thought about a revenue generator for the zoo is have rent a kid. You know, you so if you haven't got a child, but but what people are discovering is, you know what, the zoo is for the child and all of us. Mm -hmm. Who doesn't enjoy feeding a camel? Who doesn't enjoy having a penguin walk right up to you? Who, I mean, so that's so we're rich experience, no matter your age. So I want to see you at the zoo, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. Well, thanks for listening in as we talk to someone who helps make Lincoln special. If you live here, drop us a note and let us know what you think about Lincoln. If you've moved away, well, we'd love to welcome you back. And if you've only heard about or visited Lincoln, we just know you'd love it here. Join us again and catch someone from Lincoln talking about why they love Lincoln and why you should too.